know if there's a... You, 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 you touched on something I love. I love the, the term the acorn, you know, accounts because it's just kind yeah. of storing things away. And like, it reminds me of the little squirrel, you know, mm-hmm. that is just taking, picking up the acorns and putting them away for when it gets, weather gets bad. And I, I think that like, we live in a world that's way too safe at times and we feel safe and we're, you know, like, granted, winter used to be the time where people and things died you know (laughs) and it would be like if you didn't prepare if you didn't salt the meats if you didn't can the foods you know and you didn't put in the work i mean i remember i remember watching my grandma you know canning canning fruit and canning other things and it was but like because she was she remembered when there wasn't the stuff available she remembered when there weren't fresh foods available in the supermarket you know we have this um 24 7 you know 365 day of a year idea of access to everything and the reality is is that's i loved it and hated it the uh was it last year or the year before <laughs> whoever the genius was that ran that damn boat into the side of the suez canal and uh it shut down the the global supply chain for a period of weeks it was nuts to see Mm -hmm. that suddenly people are like we can't get this well what what? zippers yeah you can't get zippers right now what do you mean you can't get zippers yeah well the supply chain isn't moving and covid did the same thing It, it it accentuated the idea of suddenly we were in this world where you couldn't get stuff. And for me, it was interesting because when we we had our lockdown, I could get almost everything, but there were certain things you just could not. I, there are three different things that were really weird. I have um, animals, right? We have animals in our house. I have some leopard geckos and I have uh, some, some guinea pigs for my daughter, mm-hmm. guinea pigs. It was really freaking hard to get guinea pig food during COVID. Like that was not an essential good. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the pet store guy, I was able to get stuff, but it was like, we were rationing the poor little guinea pigs. I'm like, hold on little man. It's just going to be these five seeds today, you know? And it's, it's, it's nuts, but like (laughs) in our lives as adults, you know, if we can instill in children, this idea that it is good to put away a safety net, because whether you think there was, um, this concept uh, I, I put into one of my my reels. I'm trying to t- tap into the TikTok generation. I'm trying I'm, to I've noticed that. They're good. They're I like cool. them. Yeah. Daily uh, meditation. Uh, it was one. But it was yeah. being prepared, right? A little bit like that. It was like a be prepared one. And it talked about how uh, my friend uh, Trey came on. And Trey is military. And he said there was one day, one day where he was up in Afghanistan. And uh, a group of Navy SEALs came through. And they were prepping for a mission. And Trey worked uh, with, I think it was called the Night Stalkers. So the Navy SEALs were the, the combat, forward operating combat, you know, troops. And the, like, these guys were doing all the special forces stuff. Well, they need like transpo, you know. And so the Night Stalkers were the helicopters that supported these guys. And so my friend worked with the, these, these, the helicopter crew. And he said there was one day that he remembered like these guys. And they, 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 they were sitting there on the tarmac and pulled out duct tape. And they taped out the shape of the house that they were planning on going into. And they ran through this little map on the ground that was taped out in front of them. He said they, they ran through it like a hundred plus times. And, 
And they were and trying to anticipate every last possible negative scenario. And then like, I, if you ever follow like some of the Neo Stoics, you know, they, they have this um, premeditatorial malorum and say like the idea of meditating on the bad things that can happen. And it's this one of this, the, the, the meditation exercises that these guys do, you know, you go back to the ancient guys like Marcus Aurelius, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and um, all the other ancient Stoics, I can't remember right now, but it's a concept that, you know, do you prepare for bad things to happen? You know, it's like, we live in a world of peace and love and everything we want. You know, we had, we had this, this, this period in the two thousands where everyone was like into the secret and, you know, Hey, I'm all for good, positive energy. I'm all for that, but we still should be preparing for bad things to happen. Oh yeah. And just preparing for my, my mom was, a, my mom it. used to say all the time, she's like, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. That's where the best you yes. can do. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a blues man, so I'm eternally hopeful, but also at the same time, I understand that there are things that are outside of my control and, you know, um, yep. that was not, not made any more clear, couldn't have been made any more clear during the pandemic and what happened with everything <laughs> just kind of disappearing in what was a, a, a pretty comfortable pretty comfortable ride up to that point. <laughs> so, you know, it would really did open up my eyes and, and it really made me understand a lot of things. And, and I, you know, for the most part, I was prepared for it. I wasn't anticipating it and I wasn't hoping for it and I wasn't meditating on it, but at the same time, you know, I was able to navigate it in a successful way and come out kind of in a ahead in some ways and better in some ways, you know, not only like, this, this not only in a financial standpoint, in business standpoint, but also in like a mental standpoint, like it allowed me to discard some mental baggage. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a firm believer of, um, you know, I don't think people often think about it. And then sometimes they think about it, you know, they think about things like when you're young, you you don't think about like, you you know, it's like, Oh, that's for old people. Or that's like, I'm a, you know, I'm not worried about what's going to happen when I'm 40, but man, before you know it, in a blink of an eye, you're 40. And if you haven't made the moves, that you need to make to get to where you want to be, then you can be left behind. And in a, in a hot, like for instance, in a hot real estate market in Nashville, there've been a lot of people who've been here for years, you know, like people who've lived here their whole lives or been here for 20, 30 years that it just didn't move on the market early. And now they're, they can't get in it because it's too hot and it's too expensive. And, you know, it's unfortunate. Uh, And it's unfortunate because they have the um, unfortunate, uh, at this point, it would be unfortunate uh, ability to look behind them and say, man, if only in 1999 yes. or 2001, I had purchased that house that I was renting instead of continuing to rent or just not thinking about it or not putting any focus on it. And, you know, like I it's funny because my parents were always like pretty frugal. My mom definitely was. And my dad was, too. And we just didn't have a lot. You know, my, like I said, my parents were teachers um, and, you know, like I said, we weren't broke. We weren't terrible, but they, you know, we weren't, it wasn't like, you know, we weren't rich <laughs> by any stretch of the yeah. imagination. So we learned to, we learned to be smart. You know, my mom instilled in us that don't spend what you don't have. Be careful what you spend, save your money, be smart with it. And my dad instilled in us is that when you do have something and you do have something nice, take care of it because the value lasts longer in it if you maintain it. So for instance, we used to wash the cars every Saturday before we could do anything else. It was help dad wash the cars. And we would not just wash the cars. 
We would detail those cars. We would vacuum them out. We had, he had a whisk broom that we would like get all the dirt out of the car. I and mean, that car when, and he's still to this day, when he trades in a car for a new car, the people that he trades in, they're like, whoa, <laughs> like what did you ever drive this thing? He's like, yeah, I drove it every day, but he maintained it and it retains its value that way. And then I think that's something that not a lot of people, you know, understand. And it's something simple like a car, you know, keep it clean, keep it running, change the oil, keep it going. Think about these things. This is an expense that you've incurred and it's an important part of your life to have this. And eventually you're going to want to take this and sell it or trade it in towards something else. So try to maintain its value. And that was something that my dad, you know, my dad grew up really poor. He grew up in Watts in, in during the riots and he didn't have a lot of money and they didn't have a lot of things. And, you know, the one thing that was, he learned was, is that when he got something, finally got something nice, like maintain it, keep it nice. Don't yeah. neglect it, you know, keep it so that not only it retains the value for yourself, but it also retains its actual value so that you can like do something with it, trade up, which is what we all kind of are trying to do financially is keep trading up um, for the next thing that gets you to the next level. And uh... 